Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Chuck, I was just caught by surprise. How about you? Uh, I was caught by surprise as well. I mean, the push of a button and here Here we we are. are. Yeah, Stuff You Should Know is what you're listening to. Um, and uh, what we have a we ha- we're actually doing a special request. Uh-huh, our which first is one fairly rare for us. Yeah. Um, okay, well yeah, if it's our first one, then it's exceedingly rare. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, it, we got a letter from a soldier in Iraq. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, he says he says, uh, "Hey guys, I'm deployed to Iraq right now, and uh, just recently subscribe subscribe excuse me to your podcast. They're great to listen to in my downtime. I just listened to the newest one about where it's best to get shot. One of my favorites." Uh, I think the hands and feet are the best also, so he agrees with us. And yeah. he wants to request to do one about body armor. We wear this stuff out here in Iraq, and some of the guys would kind of like to know how what we wear works. Donald Anderson in Baghdad. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. And we don't have, it doesn't say, like, Corporal right. Anderson of right. the whatever battalion. So that's all we have to go Should on. we go so far as to call him Donald? Sure. It seemed like a fairly casual email. Yeah, we're right? civilians. Yeah. I think we can do And uh well we're gonna we're doing this for two reasons. Number one, he legitimized our theory that the hands and feet are the best place to get shot. Sure. What with him being a soldier in Iraq, if he agrees then yeah, we're legitimate. Secondly, um Chuck really wanted to do this uh because he's trying to make up for the fact that his father was a draft dodger. Um <laughs> but uh other than that, that's you know, that's that's pretty much the criteria for us to do a special request. Right. My father doesn't listen to these, so I have no chance of being called out on that. Okay, good. Good. And neither do the Quakers. This is actually a thank you to the soldiers over there. Yeah. That's much more succinct. It is. Well, let's get into it. All right. So we, we started researching uh, a couple articles on body armor on the site, and this is what we came up with. Chuck, you want to you wanna lead off here? Uh, sure. Um little history of body armor, I guess. Yes. It's been around for a long, long time. We're talking thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing like the body armor today. No, it was clearly. like animal hides or tree bark or something, right? Yeah. Early on, I think, uh, man figured out that uh, hurled objects hurt when they hit your body. And it might be a smart thing to put tree bark or just whatever I can get my hands on. And that evolved uh, eventually into metal. Mm-hmm. Of course, which, which actually that heavier. worked for a really long time. Yeah, it worked really well. Uh, because you know, I mean, all you're defending yourself against, if you have like chainmail, I don't know how many of you are, or if you Chuck ever played Dungeons and Dragons, but I did. There's all sorts of different, you know, kind of uh, mails, sure, armor, right? Um, and it, you know, you, you you get more hit points. I believe I haven't played since I was. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks, right? Um, but uh, w- anyway. It works because all you're doing is defending yourself against a sword. Right. You know, sword loses to chainmail every time, right? Right. But we came up with something. We invented something, and it kind of made armor obsolete. Right, because armor clearly is bulky, heavy, hard to maneuver. It is, and also if you get shot with a bullet, it's probably going to go through a metal plate. Right. And so once we really got gunpowder under control, armor... It was in anybody wearing armor like that's in trouble. Right. But people were running around getting shot and not necessarily just in the hands or feet. So we needed to come up with something. And finally, we come up with modern body armor. Exactly. The kind you see, you know, um, Jamie Foxx running around uh, Baghdad in, in that one movie that I never saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one. Um, so, you know, like a Kevlar vest. Right. Not and- bulletproof. No. People call these bulletproof vests, and that is incorrect, actually. Bullet-resistant, right? Bullet-resistant is preferred. Um, there's no, no proof to it. 
Okay. It's not 100% all the time. They do their best, but they can't claim to be bulletproof. I think um, Donald's going to find this kind of discomforting. Right. I think I think they know. Okay. Well, we also probably shouldn't use the word Kevlar as a catch-all because that's actually a specific brand name made by DuPont, right? It is. So that's like calling you know any copier Xerox or right or any kind of pain reliever Tylenol. So Correct. Kevlar is a specific type of thread, right? Right. It's a fiber. It's a fiber, and uh, pound for pound or ounce per ounce or gram for gram, however you'd weigh it, it's what five times stronger than a similar steel strand. Of fiber? Uh, correct. Of okay. the same weight. So basically, what, you, this is all woven together? Right. I think in the article, it uses a good uh, frame of reference to help understand it. If you think of a soccer goal mm-hmm. with the net in the back, when, when you kick the ball into the net, every piece of the net reacts to it. So even though it hits a very small part, uh, because it's woven together uh, vertically and horizontally, mm-hmm. it all absorbs the impact. And it's kind of a similar concept. It's like a big... Very, very tightly woven net that right. you're wearing. And, and I guess kind of like uh, if you've ever played tennis, when you hit a ball into the net, if it's uh-huh. a loose net, it's going to go onto the other side into the net further. Right. But if you keep that net really tight, it's going to bounce off with, with barely any movement whatsoever. Right. How's so, your net game these days? It's not so good anymore. Not that so good. Yeah, I haven't played in a while. I so, haven't either. Yeah. But, um, okay, so there's the, both a tennis and a soccer analogy, right? which I think is more than enough. Uh-huh. But but with, with Kevlar and other kinds of um, soft bulletproof vests, we'll get into hard bulletproof vests momentarily, um, these, thing, these weaves are so tight that um, the impact of a bullet is distributed across them. Exactly. Right? So it's layered. There's different layers. I right. think they're covered in uh, plastic film. Uh, yeah, sometimes there's a resin that's woven in as well. And then there's they're sandwiched. Like each each layer is made more rigid with like a plastic a plastic layer on either side of the Kevlar right. weave. Right. And then that's a layer. And then there's layer upon layer, so, you know, maybe 14 or 15 layers depending on how, how thick it is. Right. The problem is it's like a piece of paper. If you take a piece of paper, you can easily fold it. If you take a ream of paper, it makes it much more difficult to fold. Correct. So such is the case with uh, layer upon layer of bullet-resistant material. But the, obviously the more you have, the better off you're going to be, although you want to still be able to draw your gun. Yeah. You don't want to be like Randy in A Christmas Story. You can't right. put his arms down. You I know? can't put my arms down. Exactly. You're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. So we've reached the point. Here's the point of contention. You want protection that can stop a bullet. and Or uh, fragment. Or fragment, sure. In the case of war. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, but at the same time, you want uh, flexibility. You want motion. Absolutely. And when we're talking about um, uh, hard body armor, these are actually like ceramic plates. It's not like ceramic like a coffee mug. That would be almost useless. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, what, what's it called, Chuck? It's like alumina or something like that? There's a, it's a type of ceramic. Um, right. Let me check on that okay. as you continue. <laughs> anyway, it's a type. Actually, that's right. It's alumina. Yes. Uh, it's a type of ceramic plate, and it's exceedingly hard, and uh, it, it doesn't shatter like you know a ceramic coffee mug would. Um, and... These things are they'll they will stop a bullet. Yeah. That's pretty much guaranteed. The problem is they're thick, um, and you only want to wear them when you know somebody's going to be shooting at you. Right. I, I think the key here to the ceramic plates is they will stop a rifle bullet, whereas your average uh, Kevlar vest, soft vest, 
uh, will stop a nine millimeter pistol round. Mm-hmm. So if you know, like you said, if you know you're going to get shot, which is probably not a good feeling, <laughs> or if you have a hunch that you're going to get shot, um, they make a lot of these soft vests now with pockets that you can slip the ceramic plate into and out of, mm-hmm. which is good. Right. So if you're walking around Detroit, uh, you can just wear the soft vest. Right. Uh, if you're walking around Baghdad, you should probably keep these ceramic plates in at all times. I would, I would say that's a good right. idea. Okay. Um, all right. So that's the that's the soft body armor, the hard body armor. Uh-huh. Um, and Chuck, I actually went a little off. I, I found uh, another article called Liquid Body Armor. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that that problem we were talking about, flexibility but also strength, uh-huh. um, they may have it licked. How's that? There's a stuff called sheer thickening fluid. Okay. STF. And basically what it is is it's these tiny little uh, particles of silica, right? And they're suspended in uh, some kind of oily, kind of slick, oily substance, Uh Uh, polyethylene glycol, I believe is what it's usually used. And so the particles are just sitting there, and they're actually repelled by one another. They they don't want to be around one another. They're just kind of taking up space. Okay. So they slide over one another very easily, so it's kind of liquidy. Right? Right. But an impact, actually, it it overwhelms the repulsive forces, and all of a sudden these silica particles form this shield. Really? Yeah. And it happens in a, a few milliseconds. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the moment the bullet starts to touch that vest, it, it just, to, right? it turns into the shield. Wow. But the, but, but the beauty part is, is that after the bullet's, you know, been stopped and bounced off or whatever... Um, this liquid, the, these, the silica particles start to repel once, once more. And now this average, ordinary Kevlar vest, body armor, it goes back to being, you know, supple and easy to move in. Wow. How cool is that? That sounds like some Batman stuff. It totally does. And, um, it, it does actually. Yes. I love it when you bring in the supplemental stuff that you don't even tell me about, Josh. It, we'll, we'll get I feel this. like I'm learning. I like to keep you on point. The, the the apparently in tests of these this kind of this uh, what is it a sheer thickening fluid and actually uh, our our colleague Tracy Wilson used a, a great example it's like cornstarch and water uh-huh. if you put it in equal parts um, they just kind of um, it's it's still liquidy right but uh, you can make it into a ball okay. because you're applying pressure. Right. But when you put the ball back down, it's going to go back into a, more of a liquidy state. It's very much the same, except not quite. Right. Okay. The beauty thing about shear thickening fluid is that uh, in tests, from what I understand, uh, they, you need four layers of Kevlar um, to get the same stopping power with right. the STF on it, to get the same stopping power as 14 layers of plain old, also called neat wow. Kevlar. So it's much more flexible. Right. But it works. Now, are they, is this in uh, use right now or is it still in development? I believe it has exited development and started to go into production. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you can get your hands on a, uh, on a Kevlar vest piece of body armor with STF. Right. That's the one you want. Right. You know, because you can draw a gun faster than anybody. Sure. And that's important. I know they say a lot of times that with the heavier vest, uh, police officers are less likely to use them. So, what good is a vest if it's in your police car? Yeah, exactly. So they try to make them as comfortable as possible so the, so the officers of the law and military will be more likely to put them on. Yeah. Well, there's one other aspect that you have to we have to take into consideration that I we don't necessarily, but, you know, manufacturers of, of bullet-resistant right. body armor should. Um, and that is blunt force trauma. Right. Okay, so that the both the uh, tennis and the soccer analogy had a commonality. 
um, when that ball hits that net, the net gives some. Sure. You don't want your Kevlar, I'm sorry, you don't want your body armor to give. Right, because it's still touching your body. Right. And even if it's not piercing, it could do some serious internal damage, I would imagine. Yeah, when we were talking about best place to get shot, uh, we talked about uh, cavitation. Right. And uh, I, I imagine this would be kind of similar. It would be like cavitation without a puncture wound, you know? Mm-hmm. It could probably do some serious damage to soft tissue, maybe even create enough of a shockwave to break a bone. Right. They've got this problem lick, though. Uh, body armor manufacturers have the, this this exceedingly tight weave. Sure. They take advantage of, like you said, the horizontal and the vertical weave, and it so efficiently distributes the uh, the force of the bullet that you'll feel it, but you actually won't feel where the bullet hit. It'll you just it all you'll, over. your whole your whole torso will will feel the impact. Right. They actually twist the wires, too, the uh, uh, fibers, I'm sorry, as well. So they're twisted and woven and twisted. So what you get is a really dense, dense weave. Yeah. They go to a lot of trouble, and for good reason. Too. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, there's some other stuff that's on the horizon, I understand. Things like chicken feathers. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Uh, I did. Uh, Kevlar, you know, works pretty well, but they are their people are always searching for better and better ways to protect our soldiers and officers of the law and citizens, if you'd like one. Yeah. Well. That's, I want to discount the can, citizen. You can definitely one. walk around with one if you like. Uh, well, there's one called uh, fiber called Vectran, and Vectran is about twice as strong as Kevlar, which is five to ten times stronger than steel, which is good. They're experimenting with uh, spider silk, believe it or not. Yeah, they've actually genetically engineered goats to produce yeah. spider silk. That is, And I, I, no I take idea. it maybe their hair grows like that. I have no idea. Because I don't know where the silk would come out of the poor goat. Yeah. We'll, we'll look into that. And uh, I think that's the question of the day right there. Yeah, we'll touch on that. Yeah, how, how do goats podcast. produce spider silk? And uh, chicken feathers, as you said, is a possibility. Um, researchers in Nebraska are spinning these feathers into a cloth, and it turns out it's really uh, sturdy because of the honeycomb texture of the feather. So Very cool. Go figure. One yeah. day, your body armor might be uh, the same thing that's in your pillow. Yes, and to find out how bullet-resistant chickens are, you could shoot one with a gun. Yeah. You could conduct your own field test. I guess you could. All right. Well, Chuck, uh, that's body armor. And actually, there's a lot more to it. Um, I would strongly recommend uh, Donald or anyone else who's very interested in it to uh, check it out on our handy search bar. Uh-huh. I think just body armor will do. We'll probably bring up some stuff. It absolutely will. But uh, before we let you go, how about some listener mail? Sounds good to me. So today, keeping with the uh, bullet thing that we've got going on, the body armor, uh, we're going to read a couple of uh, suggestions for where to get shot. Yes. Which is one of our recent podcasts. We, we left one part off. We did. We, and both of these are pretty good suggestions, so I'll, I'll read them real quick. Uh, William Hartel, who is a dentist in St. Louis, writes and suggests the mouth is a good place to get shot. He uh, is a dentist, like I said, and during his hospital training, he treated a man who'd been shot in the face. Uh, when he examined him, it became clear that he had been shot at close range in the cheek. And it basically went through one side, went out the other, never hit any teeth, and only did slight damage to the dorsum of his tongue, he said. And obviously, two holes in his cheeks. Where's the dorsum? I don't know. we have to look that up. Okay. Maybe William can write us back yeah, and right. let us know. Uh, the exit side was badly bruised, he said, which I would figure. But they basically uh, stitched him up, a few stitches, and... That was uh, that was all he needed. So the mouth. If you can manage to get shot through your cheeks, 
without it touching anything else, I would agree. That's Except the dorsum of your tongue. And then we have Lewis from North Carolina, parentheses, born in Ethiopia, he yes. says, which yep. is very interesting. Uh-huh. He said the hand or foot was the best place. Uh, even, or I'm sorry, we said that, but he suggests the buttocks. And, and he's not the only one. There was another person who suggested the buttocks. Right, and I know in the podcast we mentioned the bundle of nerves in the pelvic region. Yeah. And he said if you could manage to get shot in the buttocks and avoid this region, uh, presumably, again, like the cheek, maybe from the side, it would go in this cheek and out the other. I would say that's probably not a bad place to get shot either. Yeah. Other than the fact that it, you wouldn't be able to sit down. You'd have to lay on your stomach for a while. The dorsum of your tongue would remain intact, however. True. So those are both pretty good suggestions uh, from our readers for a good place to get shot. Yeah. And so if you can manage, if, you know, if you're held at gunpoint to uh, get the cheek in there, or uh, whether it's on your backside or your face, then you might be doing well. I'd still take a foot any day of the week. Uh, I'd like that not to be challenged. (laughs) Right. So we want to thank them for writing in, and we want to thank Donald, especially uh, our friend in the military serving uh, the United States and Iraq. And all of our friends in the military, thank you. Exactly. Thank you very much. I hope you get this podcast, and I hope it finds you well, uh, along with your fellow soldiers, and maybe you know what you're wearing protecting you right now yeah and if you want to send a uh an email to us to let us know what you're doing at any given point in time whether it's walking the streets of detroit or the streets of baghdad or whatever uh you can email us at stuff podcast at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com brought to you by the reinvented 2012 camry It's ready. Are you?